I actually was just saying not too long ago when we were racing at Ceilings Grove is there's not many drivers, me personally, and I know all other drivers, like they know when they race against this one person to be careful. When they race against this other person, they can have some fun. It's going to be clean. And the one driver that... Hello and welcome to the Dirt Track Confessions podcast with your host, Mandy Pouch Mahaney. The Dirt Track Confessions show starts in three, two, one, and the green is out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dirt Track Confessions. I'm your host, Mandy Pouch Mahaney, and this week's episode, we're mixing it up a little bit, and we are hearing from you, our listeners. So previously, I put up a form on our Facebook page on uh, Dirt Track Untold. If you have not yet, definitely make sure to go follow us over there. That is our main YouTube channel. And I asked, I had, I asked a question and then I let the viewers ask us a question. So this episode, I've, I've actually watched a few podcasts where people submit their stories and the podcast host reads them and reacts to them. And I thought, Ooh, there's so many good stories out there that I can tell. I want to hear what's happened to you guys. So let's see. So first one, I believe it's from Annan. Um, they said that a funny or embarrassing story that happened to them at the races was that they fell on a muddy track and well made for a long, dirty night. Let me tell you what, I can't tell you how many times that has happened to me because <laughs> um, it just reminds me of the time, and gosh, it was years ago. It, what was it? I, we just had a video on it when we went back to Lincoln. So like 10, 8, 10 years ago when we went to Lincoln with the Modifieds and the track was heavy and who wore flip-flops to the races? <laughs> me. And I'm walking across the track. Um, off of turn two into the pits from the infield and lo and behold my flip-flop rips off my foot and the little thong part gets ripped off and gets stuck in the track and I'm walking with just one shoe and trust me there's plenty of times this has happened this is not my first rodeo um zip ties will become your best friend ladies in case you ever have a failure a flip-flop failure so Annan's question is, what is your favorite stop or tradition before or after the race? As an example, being after the race is a big diamond, they always like to stop at Duncan at the bottom of the hill, even if it was 2 a.m. So Big Diamond, notoriously, we stop at Sheets on our way to Big Diamond, and then on our way home, we stop at Wawa because Sheets, it takes a little bit of time and it's always crowded, and then Wawa, fast service. So you want to get the heck out of there. Um Madison Myers, her funny or embarrassing story that happened to her, she wrote, I'm not sure if this falls under funny or embarrassing, but I was leading a race with a few laps to go, a dad with his son in second, standing next to my dad, not realizing, started yelling, wreck her, it's just a girl. I think this is when I really realized how much I do have to prove myself just being a woman in racing. Madison, I feel for your girlfriend. Um... This just tells me how, gosh, um, how vocal a lot of people can be. And listen, when it, when it's family out there, it's someone's relative, child, brother, 
whatever it is, you know, we, we want them to do best. And of course we want (laughs) them to win, but to verbally put like, just, you know, she's just the girl Rucker. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty wrong. I've definitely had my fair share, especially with, um, (laughs) well, with all of my, my husband, my brother and my father racing, um, nothing really feminist towards me, but, you know, being a, female in the grandstands, the things that they say to me, the fans that are not a fan. Yes. So I definitely understand what you're getting at by having to prove yourself as a woman in racing. Um, it, listen, it's, I feel like we all have to prove ourselves men or women. So just girlfriend, just keep doing you and uh, kudos to you for racing. That is freaking incredible. And I hope, 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 hope that you love it. So we've got Gary and Morris. He wrote, I was at Georgetown and we went across the ditch to the other side with the truck and trailer and we got stuck and we had to get the tow truck to pull us out. Oh man. Yeah. I think, I don't know if we've done that one before, but there's been a couple instances, especially with truck and trailers, you know, and especially with ditches and if it's muddy, oh, there's been lots of times that especially with Mike's hauler because it's a stacker and it's freaking large. That thing gets stuck everywhere. You know, I always wonder is like the sprint cars and late model people, they got to get stuck too, right? It's not just us. So Garyan asks, what is your favorite memory at Georgetown Speedway? Oh my God. I would definitely have to say, was it, did my brother go five straight at Georgetown? Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he did five straight wins back in 2021 and that was that was a kick ass year at Georgetown and now that they've reconstructed the racetrack I'm super stoked and really excited to uh, see what kind of racing it brings in store for us this year all right so we've got Dave Deloff his funny or embarrassing story that happened to him at the races so not watching where I was going coming back with food from concessions and running right over a security person covering us both with nachos and cheese sauce. <laughs> oh, Dave, I've definitely done that. Oh, man, I haven't. It's very possible I ran into someone, but this is a perfect story. This reminds me of I was younger, and if anyone was at New Egypt, like mm, circa, I don't know, whenever John Maxwell, whenever John Maxwell had the food concessions at New Egypt, he makes... I know it's literally out of a jar, guys, but I say he makes it the best cheese for cheese fries and for your cheese steaks. It's just, you can't, you can't top it anywhere. Not even at a freaking like five-star restaurant. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's that good. Um, first thing every time I would go to New Egypt is I'd get the cheese fries. And I remember walking down the grandstands in front of all these people, sliding down the grandstands. And I mean, I go like sliding across the rocks but I saved the cheese fries. <laughs> I totally saved the cheese fries. I, 
I wasn't worried about saving myself, but food, food is a priority. So Dave, shame on you <laughs> for losing some nachos and cheese, my man. Okay. I love this question. Dave asked, how are pit assignments determined when you enter the track? Do you get the choice to always pit the 35 and 96 cars next to each other when racing the same event? Freaking great question, Dave. And I really appreciate that you pick up on this. So no, um, typically not at least usually if we're at like Bridgeport, for example, Bridgeport has, you know, their weekly guys who pay for their parking spots. A lot of tracks, drivers pay for their parking spots if they race there weekly. Um, so when we do roll in, you know, if it's a special race, then most of the outsiders kind of get like pushed to the non-existent spots that no one really wants. Um, but let's say Ceilings Grove, for example, we're at a track that modifieds don't race at. It's it's a free-for-all. So you show up and you get whatever parking spot you get first, first grabs, right? So majority of the time, basically between Ricky, the 96, and us with the 35, we kind of have this pact together is like, okay, Ricky, if you guys show up first, you save us a spot. If we show up first, we save Billy a spot. It just, it makes it so much more easier. Um, some people definitely know that we're kind of like a package deal. Um, some people don't and just really don't care and kind of bothers me. I mean, it's like family. You want to be parked next to your family. There are determined and there aren't determined but I try to make it a top priority. I do. Of course, I do. Um, do I feel it benefits Mike and Billy being next to each other? Ah, sometimes. Sometimes I think they both question themselves, and then they question themselves together, and then they talk themselves out of what they should be doing, and and then they get in their heads. So those are the nights when you see them like running ninth and 10th next to each other, and I'm like, come on. What are we doing here, right? We should be running like first and second up front, but that's besides the point. So most tracks, they have like a, I don't want to say a pit steward, but someone that parks the trailers and depending on the size of your trailer, depending on, you know, what class you're in, typically they will try most places. It depends, depends on how picky they want to be. They will, they will organize this depending on the trailer size. If I don't know, you actually um, support the, the series, right, or if you're in a different division is usually what it is. So, Dave, I hope I, I hope I answered that question for you. So we've got Allison. Allison's story. She wrote, our daughter wanted to see Billy so bad I had to hold her back from running up to him at Bridgeport. He was so amazing and stopped what he was doing to give her a hug a moment she'll never forget. That is amazing. Allison, I love that so much. I'm so glad she had that experience. And I love how excited into this that she is into racing. That is amazing. The kids, the kids are our future, guys. Always take the time for the kids. So she asked, do you have a favorite racetrack to race at? Who, if any, is your favorite to race against? So I'm uh, Allison, sorry, girlfriend, but I'm answering your question. <laughs> it's just me, myself, and I, Billy and Mike are in the, in the shop over here working. So as far as this question, that's a, that's a solid question. Freaking Port Royal is just top of the line. Like the racing's fantastic. Um, Bridgeport, the racing has been so great there. I, I actually was just saying 
not too long ago when we were racing at Ceilings Grove is there's not many drivers, me personally, and I know all other drivers, like they know when they race against this one person to be careful. When they race against this other person, they can have some fun. It's going to be clean. And the one driver that I know would not only give the shirt off of his back, always has a smile on his face, but will race you clean. I am never freaking worried when my family is racing around him is Jeff Strunk. Jeff, I love you, Jeff. I mean, he is freaking amazing. If you've ever raced against him, you know it. He is one very clean driver and one freaking awesome guy. Top of the line right there. All right, so we got William Wismer. His story, in the early 70s, while at Flemington, we had a rain out. We had to leave the infield, and the track was really greasy. I gunned the gas to make it across, but lost control and hit the gate opening. Oh, no. Needless to say, I had broken headlight and bent right... Bent the right front fender. Oh, William. Oh, man. That's a good story, though, man. That's a good freaking story right there. That just, oh, I've, that reminds me, I mean, this is totally side note, but that reminds me of, I, I mean, you're, you're talking 70s here, William, so I'm, I'm going to just take a wild guess. You, you went to Syracuse. You had to have gone to Syracuse. Does anyone remember when they used to let the fans drive they're cars that they like, you know, drive to work in and run the track in. Do you remember that? I always used to think that was so freaking wild. I could just take my car into a frick. No, I would not. But if you were one of them, good for you. I would, I would have zero trust. I would trust myself driving on the track, not the other hooligans that are out there. But another funny thing is just the other day we had BP3 in his slingshot um, taking laps, his first laps around what he calls, you know, quote unquote, pouch speedway. And it was a little, just a little too damp on the racetrack. And so he's doing his laps, he's doing his laps. And of course we didn't put tear offs on his helmet and we stop him. I, I, I wipe his face shield off so he can keep going, do some more laps. It was like freaking covered in water and mud. And I stopped him in the wrong spot and he goes to take off. He's not moving. He pushes the pedal down a little bit more, starts spinning the wheels, and he's kicking up the mud, and there's me and my brother just getting freaking covered in mud, and we, we were trying to, like, stop him, like, stop, 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 so we can, like, push him off the, the wet part of the track, and he just freaking took off. I was like, oh, boy, we're in trouble. Okay, let's see. William's question, what was the scariest moment you had to face either in the pits or stands concerning unruly people? Oh, man. I don't know if I can... if. People, I don't think I can think of anyone off the top of my head. I mean, there were people just, I don't think anyone actually like tried harming me personally, but there's definitely been like harassments, people running their mouths, people, you know, saying mean things. Like I remember people throwing stuff at my dad and well, there's been pit fights and <laughs> I'm still not sure if I want to publicly talk about the one that happened to me. I survived to tell the story that I'm not going to tell, but um, somehow I was in it and I had nothing to do with it. I literally was just walking in front of my dad's truck as we we're pulling out to leave and someone jumped me. So that's, that, that's a story in itself. 
maybe, maybe one day I will tell you guys it, but right now we're not going to do it. And then there's also another time, oh, you're going to have to see, there's so many stories, guys. I would love to tell you all this is, this is getting recorded so we can put it in my book someday. (laughs) The stories that I just can't tell because I don't want to upset people. Just like the person that did it, he was definitely in the wrong, but it's been so long now. It, we don't, I don't want to throw him under the bus and I don't, it does nothing for me. You know, you know what I'm saying? So why, why pull the skeletons back out of the closet for that? But this one time on a reservation, oh, that's a good one that I'm going to have to tell you someday. Remind me one day and I'll tell you about that one. Story time from Ted S. On our way to Susquehanna Speedway, now known as BAPS Motor Speedway, for a modified show, my brother's Chevy van developed a motor knock and all of us kept telling him, it'll be fine. And we get on 78 in Hamburg. It put a connecting rod through the oil pan. Oh no. There we sat all bummed because we were going to miss the races. Now about his disabled van. And it was prior to the cell phone days. We talk about this day a lot. Oh, Ted. I probably would have said to keep going too. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't get far. I don't know how far you are from Hamburg and on 78, but that sounds about right. That reminds me, definitely not my story to tell, but I've heard it tons of times is um, one of my dad's uh, crew guys at the time. Now, just let me see if I can paint a picture here. And I really hope I tell this right. Okay, this is this is a story I've heard like 35 times. And I'm probably not going to tell it right. And I'm going to have the gentleman eventually come on. He can tell the story. But from what I remember... And if, hey, if you, if you listen to this, you can fix it in the comments and just tell them, like, your your actual version. <laughs> but this one time, same thing, there was, gosh, to come from the race shop, they were going somewhere, like maybe Penn National, I think it was, because they were, you know, going west on 78. And my dad, I believe my dad left and they had forgotten something so he jumps out of the car and they leave him at the time it was called the bagel smith if anyone knows you know route 12 not route 12 um exit 12 off of 78 there was a bagel smith there my dad leaves him there says you know my mom barb barb will be coming by in about like 20 minutes she's you know i think she might have been following with like my brother or something and she will just wave her down go back to the shop, get what we need, and then I'll see you at the racetrack. Well, lo and behold, Barb does not go the bagelsmith route. She goes a different route, leaving this guy at the freaking, at the bagelsmith. And let me tell you, it's like a 20-minute drive just back to this race shop. He walked the whole way back. He walked the whole way back to the race shop. I don't even know how long it took him. And everyone's at the track like, I think my dad eventually asked my mom, like, you know, did you ever, did, did you pick him up? My mom's like, picked who up? My dad's like, oh no. And again, before cell phone days. So that, that, that one I always laugh about. I, that, I'm trying to think. I, like, I've, I've discussed how I've been left at the races, but luckily it was, it was during the time of cell phones. So, okay. So Ted asked, I asked your dad at, 
Motorsports. If he plans on attending the races at Big Diamond, his response was, it gets too late for him. I'm in bed at 10 p.m. And that is a fact. Big Diamond definitely runs late. Um, he goes, how involved is he with BP Jr. and BP3 racing at the shop and track? I look forward to watching BP3. Thanks, Ted. He is He's very involved. Um, my dad has definitely been very active in tractors and skid steers and all kinds of stuff. He's like building a truck. He's got a lot of stuff going on, but he is definitely very involved. Um, he's definitely been going to more of Mike and Billy's races, which is really nice. I mean, the last 30 years, I am, dad was always racing, so him and my mom always went to their races, and now it's nice being able to see him, you know, come and hang out with us and enjoy, and as much as I know it's not really joyful, but it's nice. All right, so we've got another Georgetown one. So this one is anonymous. So we have, um, literally they typed out, um, so last year me and my brother almost got ran over at Georgetown Speedway because the person wasn't paying attention when he was backing out of his guy that was backing him out and said, stop. And then I tripped on my shoe. Oh no. Oh, that's dangerous. That is dangerous. You got to be careful with that. I once once almost got ran over by a sprint car never again I mean I'm not putting you in the wrong because you did trip over your shoe and the driver wasn't listening to the guy that was backing him up but when you are in the pits you always have to keep your eyes open I don't care who you are what you're doing whether you're the driver you're the crew you're the child you know like you don't know what what can come from any direction I have seen plenty of nasty stuff I mean, last year, it just, my heart sinks even thinking about it. We were all hanging out at my brother's pit stall. And mind you, the races were well over. And a sprint car evidently was practicing after all the races. And the sprint cars weren't even supposed to be there. And instead of the, the guy going, like, the actual pit lane, he goes and drives in between two trailers where we're all hanging out. And my nephew, I just, I can't even talk about it. It was so close. This guy insisted on driving his sprint car in between two trailers just so he could roll up his trailer instead of actually taking the right way, you know. And he's lucky I did not go over there and rip him any asshole because that's very dangerous. I don't want to say we were in the wrong because we were literally right next to our trailer and he just goes right in between two trailers. Like, what were you thinking? But it's also a sprint car, so, like, you have to act fast. So whenever you're in the pits, guys, please, 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 always, 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 like, don't just look both ways, but, like, look up, down, around, everywhere. You you just don't know. So Anonymous asked, what was your most embarrassing situation that happened at the races? Oh, man. For me personally, the first thing that comes to mind was when I ripped my pants. I mean – who hasn't ripped their pants, but luckily I had someone who, um, had spare, you know, underwear, you know, uh, racing underwear, Simpson underwear. So I luckily were able to put them on underneath, but I kind of feel like that was embarrassing. This, I mean, this is another, I don't know if it's embarrassing, but we're, we're going to roll with it. The first things that are coming to mind is what I'm telling you guys. I had this wonderful, I mean, wonderful. We're talking this like zit guys. 
on my chin. I was like my early 20s. And the next day, this is a big diamond. Say it's like Friday. The next day, I'm, what, what would you call it? I, I was like, not like a spokesperson, but I was working at Pocono for, I think it was Geico, you know, like the booths. I don't know. I was, I was doing that random stuff at one time. And, um, at big diamond Friday night, not only do I have the zit and I'm supposed to look cute the next day, all dressed up, smile, take a picture whatever. I, how does it rock flies off in turn one into a big diamond? No joke. Hits the zit blisters out blood everywhere. And then I go to the the Poconos the next day and everyone's like, Oh my God, what happened to your chin? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I didn't dare tell them it was a zit first. I just told them I got knocked out in the races. (laughs) They don't need to know the long one. Pete hunt. He said, I lived down in Florida for a few years and Billy was down. I believe at East Bay with a sprint car in around the two thousands or somewhere around then. I was excited to help out, even though I wasn't much help. I was excited to help. Wait, did I just read that twice? I'm not a very good reader, guys. I apologize. He was excited to help. I just made that excited twice. Anyway, the car was horrible. Worst I'd ever seen him run, and I think they had been struggling with all week. Finished at the back of the heat, so I run down to look at the starting spot for the Conti. My best attempt at doing something to help. I'm, I'm smirking guys. This is, I can only imagine <sighs> says he's, he runs back to inform everyone of the starting spot. I yelled outside the third row in the second Conti. Billy laughs and says, yeah, outside third row of 95 North. <laughs> and everyone laughs at that point. I realized everything was being packed up heading home. So many good nights and weeks in Florida when they'd come down, but that wasn't one of them. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right, Pete. That's that is my dad do a T. If if we're starting deep, yeah, we'll see you at the diner. Um, all right, we got Brian. So Brian Lazarus. And if you guys watched our ceilings grow video, Brian is one of our new guys. We call him New Brian. Yes. Good nickname, right? We didn't have an old Brian, but we got a new Brian. So this one's funny. It Well, when I get these responses, I was reading them and I didn't see the names first. And I'm like, I kind of chuckled at his response. And then I see the name. I'm like, oh my God, Brian. I just laughed out loud. So his story literally just happened. He says, I dropped a Holly discharge nozzle screw down into a carburetor at my first race on a modified team. Oh, and it was filmed. <laughs> very embarrassing it was it was that was me and that was brian and it was freaking hysterical he was totally not okay with what happened and he he handled it very well but of course when hey when things are going on in our dtu crew team you bet your bottom dollar i'm gonna be recording it so brian be careful be careful boo Let's see. Brian says, what is the most unlikely public place where you are recognized by a fan? Where are we? Oh, eh, I guess. Um, The first thing that came to mind, I know Billy and Michelle, when they went to Disney recently in an airport, someone recognized them. And then I know I talked about it in one of my YouTube videos was we went to Florida over Thanksgiving this past year to surprise Mike's parents. So we're with the whole Mahaney clan and some YouTube fans 
actually spotted me. I was like, holy crap, this is wild. So like out of state, random places, I feel like some vacation when Mike and I were like on an island, someone recognized us. Oh, um, I think it was our honeymoon when we were in, where did we go? But I'm pretty sure someone spotted us there too. And it's, it's so funny because I feel like we have such a small, small little niche of a racing world. And yet when you go out there, we're everywhere. We are literally everywhere. I will try and not wear racing apparel because I like to be incognito. Like if I'm on vacation, it's game on. I no cameras. You don't know me. I don't know you. I hope you don't know me. I still have that fear in the back of my mind that you might. But I just want to have fun, you know? So that's like, gosh, working out in the local gym. You just want to work out, but there's people that are like, are you Billy's sister? I'm like, oh, no. Sometimes I might say no. (laughs) I'm sorry if that ever happened to you. But David Glaude Jr., Let's see your, let's hear your funny story, David. When I was 12, my dad told the track announcer it was my birthday and they thought being funny, found two teenage girls, gave them lollipops and had them come down and flirt with me. So embarrassing track announcer trying to get me to talk on the mic. Oh, that's cute, David. I like that. That's difficult. That's difficult. That reminds me. Oh no. Dylan, 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 was this you? If you're listening to this, Dylan, I think this might be you. When I was gosh, I wasn't, no, I worked for Action Track USA, formerly known as Kutztown Speedway. Um, for the banquets, I, for some reason, wore the dress and took the pictures with everyone. Looking back now, I'm, I was just like the picture girl, the trophy girl for the evening, I suppose. And um, it's so funny looking back. It actually co- showed up in my stories not too long ago, was me bending down and kissing Dylan Hogue on the cheek and he was so tiny and so cute. And now the kid is like two times taller than me. I'm like, where does the time go? David asked, how many hours a week do you think Mike and the crew spend each week preparing for the car for the next race? David, I don't know if you even want to know that question. Let me think here. So let's see. Mike usually leaves. Mike clocks in at like nine o'clock. Comes home by seven. So what's that? Ten hours. That's usually... If we are not racing, that's Monday through Friday. So that's 50 hours right there. Like, let's just talk off-season. Um, okay, so pretty much 70 hours. So, like, seven days a week, he's at the shop, usually nine to seven. Did I do that math correctly? Is it 70 hours? Um, but they're, dude, they're in the shop. It's, I, my dad always jokes is this is like the least paying job and it's like all the glory because when you actually break it down to what they are what the drivers and the crew are making for the amount of hours that they put in you need to be so dedicated to this sport to want to make like a dollar 25 an hour because no one out there in the right mind will want to make that kind of money (laughs) putting in 70 hours a week so if it, I mean, not that Mike would want to work 24 seven. We've got a, we've got a long one. She asked that we don't say her name, but here we go. 
So going from victory lane at rolling wheels and carrying our driver's helmet and other items from the pit area, I used the steps under the flag stand and in front of the whole grandstands area, tripped, resulting in a face plant and dropping everything in my arms. Oh no. I tried to as inconspicuously as possible scoop everything back up and slip away back into the pit area and she said please don't use my name even though this happened years ago it is still a stinging source of embarrassment I so feel for you girlfriend this you are not alone you are not alone trust me as as it's a big impact for you not to like put you down in this this experience for you down but I, I can almost guarantee not many people probably remember it. So I, I think you're okay. Because there's plenty of instances that I've done some really stupid stuff. And I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone remembers. I'm trying to think of a face plant. I've definitely fallen on the track. I mean, the track's always slippery. And those steps to get up from the track to the stands, like... There, so if if the if there's nice employees there, they'll be there helping, holding you and pulling you up. But especially when you have your whole hands full, yeah, that's oh, I feel for you. So we've got a question: When driving home from the track, do you rehash the racing night and talk all the way home, or do you snuggle down, fall asleep, and leave the driving to your man? I'm assuming this is for me. This is great. Some of our fondest memories are captured in our long drives home from the track. Oh my gosh! So depends um I could be really wired and I will stay up the whole ride um, but now with all my YouTube videos as soon as we get in the truck I am uploading the videos I'm trying to start editing so I can get a head start and as soon as I start looking at a screen my eyes get so dry and I start falling asleep <laughs> ask my brother it's notoriously we're always you're always laid out a big diamond I'm usually asleep before we even hit 78 like um out cold computer in in my lap and I'm just zonked out and then I wake up and I start editing and then I zonk out and then I wake up again and I start editing and then I'm like okay I gotta quit because now I just deleted like 20 minutes of stuff and I don't even know what I deleted so but yeah I totally agree that some of the best memories are captured after the races and I'm always we always call each other whether it's Mike dad Billy we always talk to each other after the races we like you said, we rehash it, we go through everything, and um, yeah, so it, it definitely, they definitely are very, very good memories, and it looks like we hit the end, oh, freaking amazing, so if you guys enjoy this, I mean, th there's plenty of other stories, if you have a story you want to tell us, and if you liked this format, if you want to hear from you, if you want us to hear from you guys, right, comment, let us know if you enjoyed the stories, because we can absolutely do more of this. And I think what I'd really like to do is for now on end each episode with some questions, you know, depending on the guests that we have on, um, if you have any specific questions for them that we can ask them and you can get them answered. So thank you all for listening in. This was great. This brought back so many memories. I freaking love it. And I cannot wait for the racing season and for warmer days. So thank you all so much for listening in. I hope you enjoy this. Hope you um, come out to the races this weekend, this month, this year. And hopefully we will guys see you guys at the racetrack. If not, be sure to subscribe, tune in, Head over to patreon.com slash dirttrackuntold. Become part of Club DTU. Like this, share this, tag us, and we will catch you all next week. See you guys.